2: Good morning, Roxy. Sexy. And
1: good early evening, Tam Tam. Did your hair grow? Yes. Oh, my God. This It is grew like- overnight. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Another friend commented to me about that, too. She was like, your hair was short, like... Two seconds ago. No, and now, it was
2: two seconds ago. It was like under your ears. What are you yeah. taking? What supplements? Do, do tell, do tell.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. So here's uh, actually, you know what I've started, which I thought I, I was going in. Having kicking, sex with David. Screaming. <laughs> 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 that too. Um, but I was going in kicking and screaming, but I think it's actually helped sleep, which this might be interesting for you is Whole30. Yes. Have you heard of Whole30?
2: Oh, the Whole30? Is that why you're looking so spiffy?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I I mean, I hope so because it's not easy, you know? I mean, I had to take out a bunch of stuff. It's interesting,
2: like, about the diets and stuff, like, do you feel like Whole30 is a fad or do you feel like it's something that you can continue throughout most of your life or is it just for a short period of
1: time? See, I feel like it's a short period of time because in the past, I've used it to reset when I felt a little unhealthy or I feel like right. just not in my body like normal. Right. Um, I used it in the past to reset. So I thought, hey, I'm gonna try it again, see how long it lasts. Like it may or may not last, you know, a month, two yeah. months, however long. But I wanted to try something a little drastic just to yeah. start resetting your body do you know what I mean because of the sleep issues and everything else
2: I feel like this is the it's weird because and we're going to talk to our next uh, guest about this and body issues mm-hmm. and especially for females but like for me right now I'm probably the, the heaviest I've actually been in my relationship with Sean with Sean bar mm-hmm. having a kid so like you know the first year after having a child you I gave myself like the leeway and the um understanding that you know for that first year it's like your body is it's, it's been completely through war, right? So it takes right. time for it to come back into the right spot. I mean, my intestines are taken out on the table with the C-section. They <laughs> packed them in, I think, a little bit the wrong way because I'm like, that intestine is kind of going left, when it should go right. That's beside the point. Um, I've given myself leeway to like actually get back into shape. And shape isn't for me like like fat or having cellulite. I feel like we should really be um, accepting those imperfections but for me, it's just feeling heavy in my own body and just mm-hmm. carrying weight around for me that isn't specific with my body type. And I feel like I'm having like a plateau. I can't lose weight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's an estrogen dominance thing or if it's a stress thing or it's my like corsetal because they say when your cortisol levels go too high, then you can't lose belly fat. But I'm finding myself gaining weight and eating the same amount. So I don't know. Maybe we should get an expert on. I've heard of this great expert who talks about like you know, when you eat a certain amount, you actually have to, it's all about calorie deficit. Yes. So you can eat healthier. You can eat mm-hmm. whole grains instead of, um, you know, simple carbs, but you're actually not going to lose weight unless you're in that calorie deficit, which yes. is like eating less. Um, and, but it's hard because my mental health is like, Taman, don't focus on weight. Mm. You're more than just your weight. You're better than that. There's other parts to you that are meaningful. It's not just about your body. But then the other part of me is like, Like, shit, I just want to, like, be the shape that I used to be.
1: See, that's the thing. I think that that's also the thing that we hold ourselves to so much is, like, I know I look back and I'm like, oh, why can't I look like how I looked before I had kids or how I looked 10 years ago? And I think we, a lot of us, like, hold ourselves up to that standard and it's just, it's so unrealistic because yeah, I think yeah. like our bodies change, you know, over time. And it's like, mm-hmm. they change with the experiences that we've had, like having kids or, you know, getting older or, you know, it just various things. And I think we have to learn to like embrace it as hard as it is. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel like, some days it's better than others. There's yeah. a setback. You know, you feel like you're going forward and then yeah. you take two steps back, but then it's just like day to day, right? But then I think we need to say, and I'm going to mm-hmm. introduce my next
2: guest after this. I need. I think we need to uh, approach it as a bad brain day instead of a bad mm-hmm. body day, right? That's instead of just right. saying, oh, I'm having such a bad body day because I look a certain way. Maybe we're having a bad brain day and that bad brain day is putting ourselves down because we don't mm-hmm. feel like we look a certain way and that equates to how we feel about ourselves as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next guest is like perfect for this subject, Roxy, <laughs> because she was Miss Universe Australia 2020. Miss Universe, think about that. miss Universe. <laughs> all like the, the entire universe, all the things, <laughs> not just the world. There's more, there's more beyond just the world. Her name is Maria and I, I want to pronounce her last name properly, Fitelli, Pite? The deal. The deal? Okay, I'm just going to close. <laughs> it's so close. Um, she's a writer, speaker, creator, and again, Miss Universe Australia 2020. So welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank Yay. you. welcome, oh God, Maria.
3: You know, I was sitting here the whole time and you were speaking about this in the way that you perceive all of these things that I'm all too familiar with. And I'm just nodding. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Tell him yes. Loved it. And, you know, I'm really grateful that you're holding a space for me. So thank you. Thank
2: you. Absolutely, you won one of the biggest, obviously the biggest pageant in the world. And so my question is, um, if we start from the beginning, like, why pageants? Why? Why did you decide to go down that road? Obviously, you're a stunning, beautiful woman. Um, when did you think that that was the road and the path for you?
3: You know, it was it was a decision I made in April 2019. I actually remember the month. I remember when I decided I'm going to do it. But pageants, uh, you know, on on the whole, I'll start by taking a step back. Before I was doing that, I was working in HR. So I have degrees Mm -hmm. in psychology and management. I was working in HR and on the side, posting and making content on social media around beauty and fashion, because those are my interests too. And I found it to be a really good medium to share a lot of my thoughts on things like body image, on diversity, racism, and... It was just a great medium that I didn't need permission from anybody else to speak mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. And before that, you know, I hadn't really seen anybody um, who looked like me or anyone that I could really relate to in mainstream media in Australia anyway, where mm. I felt like, ah, oh, that's what I went through. That's what I'm going through. But look at what, where they are now. They're mm-hmm. in news. They're in politics. They're in whatever, So that lack of representation sort of, I guess, affected my prospects on what I thought was possible for me. And Mm -hmm. I sought out more traditional mediums for success. I thought, I'm going to have a good corporate career. I'm going to Mm -hmm. kill it in my um, academic career. And then social media popped up and I thought, wow, this is a fun creative outlet, but I can say what Mm -hmm. I want to say. And then when I saw that Priya Saral, who is an Indian Australian lawyer, Mm -hmm. when I saw her win, Miss Universe Australia 2019 that's where it changed any perceptions I had around what Miss Universe Australia was because mm-hmm. I guess I thought I was the farthest thing from Jennifer Hawkins um, don't mm-hmm. fit that mold and for Australia's seven decade history they had sent women who were you know they fit a certain mold all beautiful deserving women but we only had two women of color sent Mm -hmm. in that seven decade history. So I didn't think Mm -hmm. it was something I could do. And Mm -hmm. when Priya won, I thought, hang on a minute, maybe that could be something I can use to Mm -hmm. champion my message. So Miss Universe and pageantry, that was never the bigger goal and not something I've always wanted to do. Rather, it ended up being a platform that I wanted to capitalise on to progress Mm -hmm. my own career and further my own message. And it Mm -hmm. ended up being exactly that because my entire campaign and my entire experience was intentional. So that's that was a catalyst.
1: You know, being that you are only the third woman of color, um, you know, to win Miss Australia, congratulations, first of all. Uh, absolutely. And it's really admirable what you're doing with your platform um, of diversity and inclusion and really, you know, opening up as many eyes as you can to that and speaking as somebody who is also I my father is Pakistani so I'm uh, kind of like half you know Daisy. so yeah. that, was, that really made me proud too that you yes. were you know representing uh, our community and everything yes that's it <laughs> absolutely but i think a lot of people maybe looking in and seeing you as this like glamorous you know and uh, you know miss australia can look at you and be like oh my god her life is so glamorous she must have never gone through The struggle, especially between two different cultures of like, you know, the Australian westernized culture Mm -hmm. and then back home, you know, Indian culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think it's, you know, something that maybe a lot of people don't realize if you have Mm -hmm. struggled in that way. What was that like for you growing up? Did you feel sort of a struggle between Mm -hmm. the two cultures? Yeah,
3: yeah. And I love that you brought this up. I do try and share that on my social media, but mm-hmm. I so get it when you look at something at a glance. And mm-hmm. I spoke about this yesterday. When you're in the online space, people have very voyeuristic tendencies and they love to mm-hmm. just watch from the sidelines and consume, but they form an entire perception of somebody based on very limited information. And mm-hmm. I do try and share that, hey, this is a highlight reel and you don't mm-hmm. see everything. But you know, when I was growing up, my mum and dad immigrated to Australia back in the 90s, very early 90s, late 80s. -hmm. And they were adults who had lived their whole lives in India. My dad used to be a priest. So not only were were they bringing over these cultural norms, but, you know, very strict, you know, they had a very solid faith and there were different cultural norms that they brought over with them. And I guess they struggled to assimilate to Western culture. Mm -hmm. And when I was home, I grew up in, you know, India. That was the context mm-hmm. that they brought with them, the food, the movies, mm-hmm. the way that they thought about the world, what I was allowed to do. I'd go to school and then I felt like I don't fit. But I equally didn't feel like I fit at home because I so badly wanted to assimilate and feel like I fit in with my friends who are Aussie. Mm-hmm. So you do feel like, okay, I am being dragged into this world by my family who are telling me this is who you are this is how it is I don't care if your friends are having sleepovers we don't do things Mm -hmm. this way you know and then I'm going to school and I'm like I so desperately want to change like a chameleon just so I can Mm -hmm. fit in with all of you and feel Aussie and from a very young age I had that sense of to be Australian I need to shed my South Asian heritage Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of third culture kids would know that your cultural identity it's almost a crisis and you think you have to choose Mm -hmm. when the reality is what Australian Mm -hmm. is it's a nationality it's values Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it reflects the hybrid mix because that is what this country is built on so that was a struggle but also the fact that my parents you know they moved over here and they were working class so I grew up, and, but education was everything to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's like in South same, Asian communities, same, right? Yeah. So you get your education. Yeah. So mom and dad put me in a really good school. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a socioeconomic area that was not as affluent as my peers. So not only was there misunderstandings and misperceptions about me based on race, but based on the area you grew up in. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about the neighborhood context of race and why Ethnic minorities are concentrated in certain suburbs. Mm -hmm, It's a whole other thing. But the treatment of people based on socioeconomic status, based on race, that was not easy growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that hardship is why I was so motivated and why I did so well in school. Mm -hmm. I I said to myself, I'm going to work so hard that this is not my life. And I saw the sacrifices my parents had to make. I saw the way people looked at us, treated us, and I just wanted better for myself. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I would end up in a position where I could not only make it better for myself, but potentially influencing an entire generation. And that's mm-hmm. been the best part of it. But it was all that struggle that mm-hmm. you asked about. That was the motivation. It mm-hmm. shaped you
2: as a person yeah. and an incredible person. Yeah. yeah. absolutely. You know, it's, I had a different upbringing, um, but one that was uh you know, I was a very overweight child and I was like 200 pounds. It was about a hundred kilos. And I, the worldview was shaped through the lens of like, I wasn't enough because my body didn't fit a certain mold. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so when we talk about pageants, the idea that we are being judged on the perfect body and then you know, that's part of the competition, mm-hmm. I feel is an antiquated I- idea. I think that at some point, you know, just like diversity, I think there needs to be body diversity. I think we yep. need to include like, what is perfect, right? What mm-hmm. is the perfect body? What are we being judged on? The fact that our boobs are a certain height, our hips are a certain uh, shape, like mm-hmm. what is perfection and what is, what, 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 equates to the winner like who's making these decisions right and 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 so my question yeah and what is it based on so my question to you is do you think we need to include more different body types and do you think there needs to be a different way to judge what the perfect woman is Mm -hmm. yeah
3: so I there's there's a lot there and I have to say I fully agree with you I think I and I look let's be honest here and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak very very candidly Mm -hmm. It is naive to say that something like Miss Universe does not have patriarchal roots. It does. Mm -hmm. And that's what it used to be. A woman walks out, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, 9.8, great body, Mm -hmm. great this, great that. What it has, what it is evolving into is Mm -hmm. it's not about having perfect proportions or the the best body. It is about how confident are you when you're walking on stage Mm -hmm. in an evening gown or swimsuit. Those portions are based on that. Do you walk out and look nervous in your own skin? Or Mm -hmm. can you walk out? With conviction and be like this is who I am and I'm owning every bit of it and to illustrate that point because there is not enough body size and shape diversity mm-hmm. that is why people still think you're being judged on how tall and slender you are right right so for example with me I'm naturally a more petite woman, but I'm only 160 centimetres. I think I just make it at five foot three, <laughs> um, like just <laughs> on a good day. Um, and a, a lot of the, the women who participate in this are in excess of 172 centimetres. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, some of the countries actually enforce height requirements. I couldn't even enter in India, Namibia, some of these countries because I'm not tall enough. So mm-hmm. for someone like me in Australia, there was no... Um, no height requirement to see somebody who does not you know comply with that supermodel (laughs) physique Mm -hmm. and you know tiny average size woman still doing her thing and saying no i can take up space here now four of the countries that i know of have actually removed their height requirement Mm -hmm. so now we're going to start seeing more women of average height who are participating Mm -hmm. there was a woman in 2013 who was um a little bit more on the she had a different body shape. She was closer to a size 10 to 12, I
2: think. Mm-hmm. And when she- still it, is she incredibly slim. Incredible.
3: Right? You, right. Exactly. Right. But for that mm-hmm. realm, what you normally see is a size- Right, 4 of course. To right, right. Now, now she was a woman who was a, a healthy, normal you know, body shape. And then the year that she did it, she was fat shamed in that arena, similar mm-hmm. to how I was shamed for being short and bullied mm-hmm. relentlessly online because people don't like change. But mm-hmm. the year that she did it after that, more women who were of a different body shape came through. So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is you get these people who come through and they show something different, but I think Miss Universe definitely need to embrace that kind of diversity a little bit faster. And we need Mm -hmm. to see all body types on that runway because Mm -hmm. until then it almost is like, well, we have to look like that to be there.
2: Mm -hmm. And And it also affects, you know, we have children and you'll be a mom if you want to one day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, my daughter is seven years old and mm-hmm. I'm now teaching her that being a certain size doesn't equate to being yeah. better than another size. So we oh, say right. in our household that, you know, we use the term fat because fat is a scientific term and we say fat yes. is just a thing. It's a thing on our bodies that everyone has to different degrees and some degrees are more and some degrees are less, but it doesn't mean that equates to you being better or worse or enough or unworthy and so you know, I, I I do worry because, and that's another conversation we can have for another time. She walks, you know, she says to my nanny, "Oh, you're fat," because she doesn't know <laughs> that, like you know, in yeah. you know, to normal people, yeah. you know, the layman is like, "Well, that's kind of it's not a compliment," which again shouldn't term. not be a compliment because it's just a scientific term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she's probably a little confused by that. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 about not not. Um, saying that fat is a good or a bad term and equating any value to that.
3: Yeah. And I, and I think for what you've just said about, it's not a thing one what I had said the entire time I was, you know, participating when people would make remarks about my height and tell me that I didn't deserve to be there because of my height or because I didn't look the part or whatever it was. Um, I would say that you know, beauty and power and your worth and your capability, it's not actually rooted in the number of centimeters you stand tall. That has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's about what do you have to say? What value are you offering to the world? How are you impacting the world? How are you giving back? Are you being of service? And similar to what you said about weight, none of these things, it, they're, super, they're, just, they're just factors about yourself. Not good, mm-hmm. nor bad. It just is. And it I agree, is. You need to you need to just see that as it is and reflected in these spaces you know even and not just body shapes and sizes i'm talking about transgender representation too Mm -hmm. we've had one transgender participant who you know made waves for that community as well so i agree i think it's just acknowledging this is the beautiful diverse world we live in let's Mm -hmm. see it in all these important spaces so Mm -hmm. i agree
1: agree. you know i think it's interesting too because of all the realms that we work in you know a lot of it is based on our image, right? So we're, right. we are our own brands, you know? So the, the, the interesting, or the kind of the problem is, I guess, you know, we are taught, you know, to be this brand when we're on camera and when we're doing these things, you know, we have to get glammed up, we have hair and makeup, we have like dresses, we have all these things for like the external. But when we're doing these jobs and when we're doing all this prep and like looking a certain way, How do you sort of separate that from your self-worth, you know, like, because it is such an integral part of what we do anyway. And you know what? Hey, it is nice to look pretty, you know, it is nice to get dressed up and wear a pretty dress and it is nice to like put on some makeup and some high heels and to feel glamorous, you know, but how do we not let that define our worth,
3: Mm. you know? No, I I fully know what you mean, because Mm -hmm. so much of, you know, a lot of the different creative things that I have to do, you know, you look a certain part, whatever it is, I guess Mm -hmm. one thing I try and do for me anyway, firstly, it's knowing that what feels glamorous and beautiful to one person is different to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's acknowledging that, but then for me personally, the way I detach from that image Mm -hmm. is A lot of the work that I'm doing, I really, really, really try and stay conscious of and keeping it at the forefront of my mind. Well, what is the purpose to all of these things that you're trying to do Mm. and focusing on the value so that, for example, when I came back from this universe, I put on a couple of kilos because Mm. you know what? Like I worked hard for it. Great. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to sustain an unsustainable lifestyle. I want to eat. I like to eat. I like to do things. I work out when I want to work out. I don't care. Now having your body change in a short period of time, there are people online who've made comments and noticed and said things, but it's just reminding them that, you know, my ability to like myself, it doesn't rest in me having perfect hair, in me having a good glam, in me mm-hmm. having abs or n- no abs. It's it's that's got nothing to do with it. I just fundamentally like who I am. I like the way I treat people. Mm-hmm. I like what I'm putting mm-hmm. out there and if I feel good about myself, great. And and I think everybody should, and you don't necessarily have to put on heels or a dress to do that, mm-hmm. but if it makes you feel good, do it, but just know that I guess what you're putting out there and how you feel about what you have to offer mm-hmm. in this world. And it's not just, I'm not saying you need to go and change the world, but it's how are you treating the people in your life? You know, what, what are you mm-hmm. choosing to be? So those are the sorts of things that I would rather focus on. So mm-hmm. When I am, when I can't be bothered putting on makeup, or if I just mm. want to look how I want to look, that doesn't that doesn't fundamentally change how I look at myself. I've started mm-hmm. doing this thing where mm-hmm. I, being South Asian, mm-hmm. I have very prominent dark eye circles, mm-hmm. um, and it's just genetic. It mm-hmm. just is, right? And I used to be literally unable to leave the house without concealer, and I've just said to my, you know, said to myself, it's really important to unlearn that sort of mm-hmm. negative self-talk in the way that we the conditions we put on ourselves to feel good right mm-hmm. you'll feel good as long as you've got concealer as long as you do this as long as so i've started now leaving the house not wearing any makeup mm-hmm. um when i'm on socials if i'm just at home just talking on stories i don't care i'm gonna do it without concealer without a shred of makeup mm-hmm. because i shouldn't be placing conditions on myself to show up as my happiest most mm-hmm. me self, do you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. I guess, then setting little things like that for yourself and challenging yourself mm-hmm. to go outside your comfort zones and break mm-hmm. those conditions. Can mm-hmm. you still go out and feel good if you put on a bit of weight? Can you still show up and talk mm-hmm. to people and meet with people without the makeup? Like you realize that stuff means nothing. Mm-hmm. It literally means nothing, you know? So yeah.
2: It's so my brain I, though. Like I, it's, it's interesting yeah. you say that because yes, it's taken me, God, 20 years to try to unlearn some of the behaviors. It just sometimes, you know, it can run so deep and be so ingrained like rock in a formation of other rocks that it's hard to get that self doubt out, right? And it's hard to start to love yourself. And I've read a lot of books about this, listened to a lot of podcasts. It sounds trite, but it's almost like you have to fake believing in yourself and fake loving yourself and fake affirmations, which again can sound hokey, but they actually aren't. And the more you continue to say, I love myself even if this, or I appreciate my, I'm not, I'm not my past. I'm not my failures. I'm not um, the trauma. I'm not what's happened to me. The more you continually say those things, your body actually starts to believe it. And you start to go to the positive rather than the negative. Cause I think Roxy and I have issues, you know, especially being moms. It's like, you're always, it, it's always, you always feel like you're failing. And I don't know if it's because of who we are, are in society as women and we just get so much thrown at us about being all these different roles to to perfection and we just can't there's no such thing as perfection or if it's you know if it's our own selves and like all our trauma coming to the surface about the way we were brought up you know because a lot of people we had great families Roxy and I but a lot of people didn't and they're trying to like unlearn their own trauma from their own families and how they grew up and now trying to better themselves for the next generation. So I don't know, I think it's I think it's hard to love yourself mm. fully. I mean, mm. I guess Roxy, do you love yourself?
1: I mean, I think... Would I you guess. love yourself
2: sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depends. And does it depend Depends. on what's going on? Like if everyone's telling you, like, I yeah. love myself during this movie, everyone was like, you're great, you're great, you're doing a good job, you're a good actress, you look good, you're cute, you've got family. Like, I love myself, but yep. then the movie finishes, and I'm like, what the fuck, who, who am I? What is my worth? Like, why am I not good enough? You know, why don't
1: people call me
2: back? It's like, so maybe do we always yeah. love ourselves all the time?
1: I mean, I don't think so. I think it goes in waves. I know for me, it can be day to day and it can be, I mean, I think there can be factors, right? There's like external mm-hmm. factors. It's like, are you getting like, and it, it shouldn't be to look to external places to get validation, but it certainly helps. Yeah, right. it, certainly helps. <laughs> yeah. it certainly <laughs> helps when external validation is coming my way, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's great. Because maybe I didn't believe in myself yeah. that day and I'm getting that, those positive affirmations from an, you know, from somebody else, you know, I think too, I mean, I know we talk a lot on this podcast about our menstrual cycles and I know that hormonally, yes, it goes up and down through the month. And I know there are certain points in my menstrual cycle that I feel better about myself than other times, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think also, uh, you know, this whole crazy pandemic that we're all Mm -hmm. also going through has a large bearing on my self-worth some of the time because it's not natural to stay in your house twenty four seven you right. know and not go to these yeah. places. So for me, uh, you know, I'm an extrovert and I like being out and I like no oh, I know <laughs> no you would have never you are. I know I know it's weird <laughs> but um yeah I mean I miss like you know, miss being around people and miss meeting people and like even Tamman, I haven't like, you know, wrapped I've my not, arms around it in so long. I'm not humped your leg, Roxy. I'm not <laughs> no, humped your leg. My leg.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Crazy,
1: right? I, I mean, I agree. There,
2: like, yeah. there, there is, I had
3: three thoughts just then when you were chatting about, you know, a couple of these different, you brought up some brilliant points, Tammin, because I was thinking, firstly... You mentioned as women, we have so many things thrown at us and we're constantly Mm -hmm. told you need to be this. But then if you're not jumping through this hoop, you need to jump through that hoop. And people are constantly changing their mind about what is good enough. And you'll never please everybody. And I think as a mum or a parent, um, you are all the more under that microscope. So it's being aware of the context that we live in because Mm -hmm. I really think that, especially with social media, you're never going to please everybody. You're just you're exposed to a world of opinions. Mm-hmm. But then I think you know when you asked about you mentioned self love. Do we ever really love ourselves? And you talked about how unlearning these thoughts. It's like a rock formation you're trying to get out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really think you know. Firstly, it really helps to redefine what does loving yourself mean because we often talk about self love journey or my. Uh, fitness journey and we talk about these things as if it's a destination we need to get to but what if you know you're right like societal conditioning is so deeply ingrained it is so hard to unlearn it it took me 28 Mm -hmm. years to realize I don't have to be ashamed of the fact that I'm South Asian in Australia Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there are still times where I'll go out and little things might happen that trigger me and and my mind reverts to these old thoughts because like you said it's that little rock formation but what if Mm -hmm. we aspire to not judge ourselves by how 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 quickly can we get the rock formation out and rather Mm -hmm. we aspire to be in more of an enlightened conscious state where we can catch ourselves reverting into these old Mm -hmm. thought patterns and we can see okay I've just had that thought and then we can refute it to ourselves Mm -hmm. we can interrupt our own negative self-talk our own internal monologues that tell us we're not good enough that we were not born with we inherited those monologues Mm -hmm. and instead of thinking i'm never allowed to have a thought like that again Mm -hmm. and that is when i will love myself loving yourself is i am able to catch myself when i fall back into these patterns and i interrupt Mm -hmm. them
1: each See, time. we gotta kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, right? The dog- yeah, isn't that what the doctor that. Dr. Amon yes. said? Is that what yes. he said? Automatic, the automatic negative, negative thoughts. thoughts. The ants, the ants.
2: But they
3: are yeah. hard to you can't you can't get rid of them, but it's just no. deal with them as they come.
2: As they come. As they, like I think one it's by also one. what your family based value on, whether it was mm-hmm. education or books yeah. or marrying a man or money, whatever yeah. it was, whatever they value valued their yeah. worth yeah. on as a as themselves and also for you, mm-hmm. that's what you base your value on. So if yeah. you're not educated enough and your family really wanted education or you're not yeah. a doctor and you became a model, whatever it is, or if you're you know, if your mom was yeah. into looking a certain way and you your hair's short now because your mom liked long hair, whatever it is, yeah. it's like those patterns that we have learned from, you know, when you're when you're a kid, your frontal lobe doesn't actually fully develop until you're 25 years old. So they say seven is actually when your kids are getting the most information and when they're actually being formed as humans. And so every single thing you tell your child starting from seven years old is really gonna shape them as people, or they're gonna have to go through a lot of therapy and try to unlearn all that upbringing. And a lot of people aren't aren't able to do that. Like we live, like we're very lucky that we, are able to go seek help if we're having Mm -hmm. issues or do have good like the three of us do have good families Mm -hmm. but some people come from very abusive backgrounds or financially are not able to do that and Mm -hmm. so it can be a really hard thing to unlearn you know Mm -hmm. and so my goal for this show is like whoever listens to this like you know, you can also find your own information online or through podcasts Mm -hmm. or search for answers, you know, search Mm -hmm. for answers on how to feel better. Because I think sometimes it's just, it's not something that comes natural to a lot of us.
1: Yes, yes. Oh my God, that is like an eye-opener that you said the seven-year-old because our daughters are seven right now. I know, right now it's like, and my daughter
2: will hit herself when she gets something wrong. And I'm like, oh God, I'm like, not like violently, but she'll just like smack her arm. She'll be like, stupid phoenix and i'm like whoa is that me is it the world is it the environment like am i failing her or is it the fact that i'm so hard on myself that she's watching that behavior Mm -hmm. and it's like every time we even look in the mirror like as 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 moms like you have to be very careful of like what you say to yourself in front of your children if you're looking in the Mm -hmm. mirror and going oh i look so fat today or oh I, i i look shit in this outfit or whatever you say you say your husband Mm. oh you know you don't know what you're talking about I look like crap whatever it's whatever you're Mm. saying
1: they're absorbing children are
2: absorbing Mm -hmm. and they just they definitely are taking in everything that you're putting out so you just have to be Mm. so careful because then they're the next generation right if we're like why is the world turning to shit? It's becoming because of the we parents. Do you know I mean like each person that like pops out a good kid is going to make the next generation better, and hopefully yeah. they'll learn from their mistakes and make it even better. You don't want to go backwards. Yeah, you know? it, it
3: does become their self-talk. They inherited, it. and and you know what? I don't have kids, but I'm trying so hard to be conscious of this. For the last few years, it's been something that you know you look in the mirror and you think God, like you know I look like hell today or whatever. But yeah, it's it's. Not doing that. Cause you'd never say that to somebody you loved. You know, mm-hmm. you never walk up to your best mate and say like, you know, it's, I agree. I think we need to, that's something to be conscious of.
1: You wouldn't say it to your best mate but you maybe say it to your husband.
2: <laughs>
3: <You're like laughs> the,
1: like, you look know, yeah. like husband. Yeah. I have
2: to be so careful sometimes. Oh, like, I would no, never you know, say that to you. I would never say to my friends. Yeah. yeah no, but, but, but
3: it's even road raging. It's like in the car. Like, how do you respond to frustrations? It's it's mm-hmm. all you are, you know, everything you do, they're gonna be your little mirror. Mm-hmm. That's oh, my struggling. daughter
2: That's says swear in words the in the car because I only
3: that's yeah. not true. I do
2: swear when I'm not near her, but when I'm in the car, I'm like, "You mother effer!" Yeah. <laughs> and I like, forget oh she's God. in the car, and then she, and then now when I like when the when the car is going, if someone like cuts me off, she yells, "You mother effer!" And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> I am in so much trouble." But again, it's just it oh came like out it. because yeah. I felt like yeah. someone was trying to be rude. Yeah. You would yeah. never say that in an elevator. You know what I mean? So if you're not going to yeah. say it in an elevator, why would you say it in the car?
3: But you know what else? I feel like when, it, okay, this is maybe me speaking completely out of my depth here because I'm not a parent, but I've spoken to, I have, you know, friends who are parents mm. and it's really interesting to see different attitudes to parenting where some of them are so relaxed and they'll mm. happily, mm. you know, they'll swear in front of their kids or talk to their kids like they're adults, but say, you know, you have a choice and they... They take a different approach to Mm -hmm. raising humans who can make good choices. Mm -hmm. And then I have, you know, friends who are a little bit more worried about, okay, I will not swear in front of them. I won't do this, that or the other. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's it's, coming back to what you said about, I constantly feel like I'm failing. You know, you can define what good parenting looks like to you because you know what? Somewhere in the world, there's going to be someone who thinks you're completely stuffing it up. Mm -hmm. And that could be said for anything in life. I mean, what is success to you? Mm -hmm, What's happiness to you? What's a good relationship to you? To some people that might be ending up in a really happy marriage to others, it's, you know what? We have a good life. We don't need to do that. And it works. And Mm -hmm. I feel like in the world that we live in, people are so polarized in their opinions about things, about what is healthy, what's Mm -hmm. not, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. When a lot of these things are
2: nuanced, and, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, all it's, all, us, sh- it's all it's, shades it's, of gray. I, know, um, and I, I just, I feel like kids, to be honest, yeah. like mm-hmm. if I just want my child to know that I'm fallible and that I'm not perfect, because I think when exactly. we are raised, we think our parents are God. We just mm-hmm. do. And we think mm-hmm. they know all the answers and we think that they don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So my biggest mm-hmm. thing with my daughter is when I do fail. And when I do make a mistake, I sit down with her and I said, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I was I was struggling with something and that had nothing to do with you. Because I feel like if our parents always said that to us, we'd go, oh my goodness, They we don't have to put them on the pedestal. We, we they are just as damaged as we are. You know, everyone's just fighting their own battle and they're trying to be the best person that they can be. And I feel like when children see that, they understand more about why they got yelled at or why mm. everything was so stressful or why they, bec- they kind of were sucked into something that was never about them. Because when I'm stressed, yeah. I get yelly. Mm-hmm, and so yeah. now she knows that it's not about her and it's, she, it's not her fault and she doesn't need to feel bad. It's mm-hmm. the fact that I was struggling and so I put that on her. Yeah. So I think it's important yeah. for us to explain to our children when we fail Mm -hmm. a hundred percent it it is
3: really important because you know what i think there was a period in my life where i felt at times disappointed by Mm -hmm. my parents growing up and um you know everyone's parents have their things that they're dealing with whatever it is i used to like you said put them on a pedestal and Mm -hmm. I think it wasn't until my mid-20s that I thought you know what they were just human beings doing the best that they could. Mm -hmm. Um, Like me you know they had struggles and they had you know maybe unresolved traumas that they needed to heal that they couldn't but because we grow up thinking and I think in South Asian communities there's this emphasis on hierarchy in families where Mm -hmm. it's like grandparents then parents and then kids need to be really respectful mm-hmm. and respect your elders at all and live and for like your that. elders
1: really you're that's supposed to it. really live for them yeah yeah mm-hmm. but I think
3: I, I wish I had conversations like that because that would let that would let me know as well hang mm-hmm. on if I fail it's not a reflection of me as a person I just couldn't do this or maybe this didn't work out for me and I think that's mm-hmm. such a healthy dialogue to model with your kids and mm-hmm. I kind of wish you know, God bless my parents, but it did make me a bit of a perfectionist because they held Mm -hmm. themselves to super high standards. Mm -hmm. And then when things would mess up, I used to be frustrated because I had these expectations of you're the parent, you can't stuff up. So -hmm. then there was disappointment. That's an unrealistic model to have in your head. That's just going to breed a world of negative emotions. So I think that's a brilliant point to make. And that's Mm -hmm. something I would try and be conscious of if I choose to have kids one day. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, just going on these like sort of negative thoughts and things, I wanted to ask you both about imposter syndrome. I feel like I've had it, right. We've all had it. And it's, it's one of those things. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it isn't. It's like with different milestones, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like even actually, funnily enough, it's like when good things happen, you know, it's like, that's when it creeps back in. Right. And it's like, oh my God, like, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm an imposter. Like, what am I doing here? You know? But you know what, Roxy,
2: everyone's an imposter.
1: You think? I think think I think everyone's faking it until they make
2: it. I feel like no, no one really has, I mean, we all think that we know what happens when we die. I mean, no right. one's died and said, come back and said, you know what, this is exactly this what it looks what like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we're all, we're all just trying to figure yeah. it out. And yeah. I feel like everyone, yeah, I mean, some people might have more education or might, might have more experience, but I feel like everyone feels like they're an imposter and they're all just faking it. I think we're just better at faking it. Some people. Do you know
3: though, when, I, when we talked about, I guess, I think the only thing that is, and this is when we talked about opinions as well and mm. people, you know, no nuances there's no room for nuances and things like that I just feel like the only thing that is ever certain is that everything and most things are uncertain and when it comes to imposter syndrome um you know particularly for minorities not Mm -hmm. just people of color I mean people from the LGBTIQ plus community people with disabilities people of alternative gender identities you know it it just it is so much stronger Mm -hmm. because it's not just like you are all of a sudden maybe scared of stepping into a new level of success or a new situation and and Mm -hmm. you don't know what to do. You actually really haven't seen it done before by many people in your community because that opportunity hasn't been there. Mm -hmm. So therefore you don't, it's not even just imposter syndrome. It's I have not seen it done and I have not even thought it's possible for me. Mm -hmm. So like I know I've I've had it a lot and I'm still unlearning it. To the point where I had really bad crippling social anxiety when things started to go right for me in 2019 mm. before Miss Universe before any of that I did my first modeling job in 2019 mm. and I was so sick with anxiety before it that I had to pull over in the car on the way there and I had a pit in my stomach and had to okay just breathe because I thought why have they chosen me mm-hmm. why why me because again deviate from the normal a little bit in terms of what I thought I would need to be to be in these spaces and I thought why I don't deserve to be there so it's an active thing but I faked it and no one that day would have known when oh. I walked onto set because I was wanting to cry inside right. but I walked on hi how are you and I'm like just get through get through the first half an hour get through mm-hmm. the second half an hour and like time and said you just fake it till you know and now I'm getting better at not having that sense of you don't deserve to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but when it does creep up, I do unlearn that. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even your internal voice. Mm-hmm. I remember right after I became Miss Australia, I got my first big um, ambassadorship. It was, I was a Piper Hyde seek ambassador for the Australian wow. open wow. and it was pretty new to that world and, and things like that. And I was at this event with, a number of people in the you know, influencer space who had been going to these things for a long time or whatever it was. And a woman walked up to me and said, oh, I haven't really seen you at a lot of these things before. Who are you? You're new. And I was the ambassador for the whole thing. And I remember, my goodness, my, that was my internal dialogue. It was, mm-hmm. you're new. You've never been here before. You don't deserve to be here. I am so proud of myself for unlearning this. I literally took everything I had in me to be like, I'm Miss mm-hmm. Universe Australia, I am new, but you'll be seeing me a lot more of these, you know? And it's like, yeah. back yourself. Don't let yeah. other people talk down to you. And, and for me to get to that point and to not just shrink under what was said, I needed to not do that to myself.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: sometimes you need to actively, you know, and that was about a year ago. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just get better at it every time you do it.
1: You gotta yeah. tuck yourself off the ledge, almost. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like like Roxy's holding
2: me things while I'm on the ledge. Going, do, I, do, I do don't want to do, do it.
1: it. Yeah. Do. It but is reassuring feel- to yeah. know though, that everybody goes through it, you know, yeah. no matter what level, what's, you know, what place you're at. In I don't life. know.
2: I mean, maybe they don't. I just, I just have a feeling that, you know, my husband always used to say, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it, fake oh. it, till you make it. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, we talk about a lot of that manifestation. I say that to you, Roxy, a lot. It's just mm-hmm. manifest and believe it's happening to you. And then it ends up happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I, my whole life has changed within the last 10 months because I just believed I was like, I'm going to work in Australia. I'm going to do TV shows and movies. It's been a while. I've been in the States acting Mm. for 15 years. I haven't been in Australia doing anything recently. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it next week. I got a call from an agent Mm. within three months time. I'm here in Australia shooting a movie. And then I started a TV show in two months time. It's like, it's not mad. I don't know if it's, people say, well, is it so easy? It's like magic. And I'm like, well, it's not magic, but isn't the whole universe magic as such? Like, don't we really don't know where things end and where things begin and how, you know, from nothing becomes a baby in your stomach and then becomes a little girl who's like defying me every time she walks outside who has opinions. Like, isn't it all magic? Isn't Mm -hmm. like color magic and butterflies magic and the fact your hair grows and your eyes see like, so if that's, cause we, we just believe it is because we're just so used to it. We're like, of course we can see. And of course, you know, of course blue is blue, but what is blue? You know, you have a little child saying f- like, what is the, what is the sky? What? And I'm like, yeah. I fucking don't know what the sky is. <laughs> Excuse my friend. He's like, well, tell me how I'm like, I don't know. I don't know uh, the answers. So if we don't know the answer, to just like, how is a Why baby come from again? nothing to something, like to mm-hmm. something, like I, mm-hmm. I sent a picture to my husband of our first um, sonogram of the baby and it was just a little egg, it was just a little egg. And <laughs> he said, looks exactly like her. But my <laughs> whole point was, she came from an egg to a little human being So that's magic. So why can't we believe that we can create our reality? Why can't we believe that we can create our financial situation? Mm -hmm. And like for all the people who are thinking that it's not possible, they're sitting on the couch going, I can't lose weight and make myself healthier. I can't be in a pageant or I can't, you know, be the next CEO and make a lot of money and buy a house. Well, then you can't.
0: because you've already already limited
2: yourself right but what if you try actually doing it and seeing what happens what's the worst that can happen you don't get it anyway well at least Mm -hmm. you try it it's better to try than not but imagine if it does imagine you Mm -hmm. do my friend says I'm not going to find another husband I'm like that's because you have no energy out there the universe does give you what you're asking for and if you're closed off you're not going to get someone walking into your Mm -hmm. life that knows that you're wanting to be with someone I mean you guys know when we Mm -hmm. wanted boyfriends or husbands we were out for the prowl we were putting the energy out that like Mm -hmm. we wanted to meet someone and we met someone and we uh, when I wanted to have a kid I was like I put all that energy into that and out of nowhere Len was a miracle baby after lots of miscarriages I believed I could see her Mm -hmm. in my brain I could visualize her and she came to be so I know that was a little bit of a 10 minute no, rant but, no, but, but, but i don't believe like people this, say is, is manifestation magic i'm like isn't it fucking all magic uh, but you know, know what, what people you, no no you got
3: i'm
1: no, I was just gonna say you know what people are paralyzed by um rejection you know yeah. the fear of the no i like that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people don't get up off the couch it's mm-hmm. like they're already thinking of the worst case scenario right so it's and like, what is the
2: worst case that you the, don't fear think exactly where you are right you just don't right, move forward right.
1: And then, mm. or you, they'll get a no, or they'll get like yeah. a rejection or like, it won't be what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Or it could take them yeah. on a totally different, new and beautiful direction. You know, it's like, they say it, Yeah, the fear of not knowing, you know, it's like all these different factors, like way into somebody, I think not being proactive about it or not manifesting. Yeah. They you say know? that about say- money
2: too. And your mm-hmm. your relationship with money. And they say mm-hmm. there's a, there is a scientific, Reason why, like universally, why all of a sudden you just don't make money. And some people make you see billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. Or millionaires, they make money, then they lose it, then they make it again Mm -hmm. because their belief is money will come in. Their belief is they're not sitting here on their money stash going, Oh my goodness, I can't spend anything. I can't spend anything. I'm not saying waste all your money, I'm not saying like go buy 10 pairs of shoes that you don't need. That's frivolous. But if you don't believe that money will continue to come, then it just doesn't. There's a blockage, and you will Mm -hmm. notice that people who make money seem to always continue to make money even when they go through bad times they always Mm -hmm. seem for money to come in then there are people who just don't and I think it's because of your relationship with it
3: Mm -hmm. yeah but you know when people talk about magic I I think and is this magic is this not it's what what is your definition of magic because if you're thinking Mm -hmm. of it in terms of like Dumbledore and Harry Potter like of course like it's you know no one's saying it's that and it's when we talk about manifestation I think a lot of people it's not even just fear of the no, I think a lot of people want hard, concrete scientific evidence Prove to me it works. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 30 years ago, there were many things that we know now that we didn't know then. Mm-hmm. And I think when you think of the world and, and this is for anyone who's curious about the sort of thing, if you read Dr. Joe Dispenza, he is one of my favorite educators on this topic. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks often about um, manifestation from neuroscience, epigenetics, and Mm -hmm. also quantum physics. And he talks about the world in terms of energy. And when you think of the world in terms of energy, you will understand how thoughts, actions, feelings, all of that is interlinked and how it influences each other. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the way that you think about yourself, I can't make money. And I've recently started doing this in my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, to manifest financial abundance, to manifest opportunity. Mm -hmm. The, The thoughts that you think they carry a frequency. And Mm -hmm. that creates an electromagnetic field around you that will attract like people experience opportunities and things. And if you're telling yourself, no, I'm closed off, then there's a part of your brain where it's called the reticular activating system. You tell Mm -hmm. yourself, I will never make money and I just have to hold on to every dollar. Mm -hmm. It primes your mind to see the world that way. And all of a sudden that which you've now made personally significant to you, your inability to manifest cash and make money that is how the world will respond because that's how your brain's going to filter it. So yeah, the way that you think it has tangible, it carries a tangible frequency, but also you are creating a filter with which your mind is going to view the world. So it it does matter. It absolutely Absolutely. does. That's, I love this conversation. I could talk about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I only started manifesting since October and my whole life has changed. Right. The the entire life has changed. My entire life has and changed yeah. everything that I've wanted and asked for has come. Not only has it come, it's come in abundance. And okay, Tammin,
1: you have to tell everybody how you started doing it. You know, like what was like the first step?
2: Well, I mean, look, I, I did unfortunately do the cheesy thing where I read a lot of books on manifestation <laughs> and one of them was The Secret. Um, and I just, what they say in The Secret is... Whatever it is in your life, for me, it was, you know, I was wanted to figure out my career. Mm -hmm. And I was in a situation like a rut with my career. I just had had a baby. And yes, COVID, the pandemic had just hit. So I was in a rut and I wanted abundance when it came to my career. It wasn't necessarily financial abundance, but that does come hand in hand. Um, so for me, I wrote out exactly what I wanted. I put it on the, on the, on the roof of my bedroom and every single morning I would wake up and I would say, I am going to have the career of my dreams. I'm going to be able to work again. I'm going to work in Australia and the U S and I just said it every day. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, even when I didn't believe it, Mm -hmm. the more repetition your brain does with the same over and over affirmation sentences manifestation you start to believe it you start to Mm -hmm. believe something that might be unbelievable to you at that time and um and when it says when we when we talk about manifestation they say that it's not like the phone's gonna ring and say you know here's the next thor movie you're the next lead but it's going to open up opportunities for you to be Mm -hmm. able to move in that next direct in the next for the next step for that in the direction of what you want. And for me, it was like, I was getting more opportunities auditioning and those auditions were then ending up, I was doing a good job and I was ending up getting the roles. So um, it's just, you start to get more opportunities and then it's whatever you do with those opportunities that I Mm -hmm. believe is how manifestation has worked for me so far
1: that's interesting though you know because it's like even in the days you don't believe it because of course there are going to be days you don't believe it you know and you don't feel in tune with it necessarily but that you just still say it until you believe it
2: and you need to visualize visualization Mm -hmm. is such a powerful tool you actually have to sit there with your eyes shut and actually see yourself Mm -hmm. either with the check in your hand or your Mm -hmm. bank balance when you look at your bank balance triple the number and just visualize what that number looks like. If you want to use Photoshop and like actually put the number in there so you can see what that number looks like to you. Mm. Um, If it's about having a child sit there and picture the smell and what they look like and the the color of their hair Mm -hmm. and really sit with that, smell it, taste it, feel it, Every single day, mm-hmm. and then it starts. I don't know. It's like this again when you're cooking that frequency. It's like you're mm-hmm. vibrating at a different level, and mm-hmm. you're you have a magnetic feel. I think that's what you were saying around you that it's starts to feel, yeah. It, led, yeah. That's the yeah. one, and um, and then things start to change in your life. And I've seen it firsthand, so I, mm-hmm. I know it's to be true. And it, mm-hmm. you know what? It's not on your time frame either. So that's what we have to be careful. It's like why didn't this yeah. happen within a month? Why didn't this happen within mm-hmm. six months? You will look back if you start to do this practice and realize it did happen, just not in your time frame. But then again, Mm. is it ever at that time frame? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not Mm -hmm.
3: necessarily in the way that you think either. It depends how specific you are. But also to that point, it's, you can say, I think there's a formula to it. And I think it really has to be an alignment of your intention, your Mm -hmm. energy, and your action, because Mm -hmm. you can fully believe it and you can um, have the energy but if you're not actually taking tangible steps towards this and doing mm-hmm. what you can, I think it's almost like waiting for things to land in your lap. It's like to Tamman's point about waiting for opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, you could, um, you know, be doing all the actions but not really believe it's possible for you, and mm-hmm. then that shift what you are attracting to you. So I think it, it's the alignment of all those things, and, and it, it, you're right; it is possible.
1: Yeah. And I think it's like operating on a higher frequency too, right? It's like trying to get rid of like the low frequency, like the negativity and like the self doubt and all those things that like kind of build up, build up, build up, and like prevent us from having these like higher frequency thoughts and like putting ourselves in those places and taking like, the actionable steps, you know? So it's all part of like the process, you know? And it also has quickly?
2: to do with the foods that you eat too, which I think yeah. is you know, not, not manifestation doesn't have to do with the foods mm-hmm. you eat, but like I vibrating feel. on a different level. I think mm-hmm. you need to be eating foods that are at a higher vibration mm-hmm. level too, mm-hmm. because when you're putting crap in your body, you're gonna mm-hmm. feel like crap. And when you feel like crap, it's very hard to navigate those toxic thoughts mm-hmm. because you don't feel well. So you're doing double mm-hmm. the work.
0: So mm-hmm. I'm always like
2: when you're eating well and you're exercising, that definitely helps your mental state and when it helps your mental state then you're also vibrating at a different frequency yeah,
1: yeah that's exactly why I've part, part well not exactly what, but part of the reason why I've started this healthier eating and like trying that's to right. exercise every day is like just putting that mindset in like that place you know it's the brain yeah.
3: gut connection
1: yeah, yeah. it is yeah. right yeah right yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um I just I'm wanted gonna... to share on that oh sorry I just no, you, go, you go. one, mani- one manifestation story we were talking mm-hmm. about this I remember in I was in lockdown the entire time I competed for Miss Universe Australia, Mm. um, but all the other states were not. So I couldn't exercise, get my hair done, nothing. I thought the odds are against me and the shortest one in the batch, it's not going to be me, like, you know. And I wrote a check to myself addressed as the winner. It was in May. Oh, my goodness. Goosebumps. Miss Universe Australia, you win the Mindspec grant. And I just stuck it up on my wall every day that I was in lockdown and I saw that and I'm like, it'll happen. And I wrote a countdown Six weeks till I'm crowned Mm. as Universe Australia. And Ah. I would meditate on it. And I remember there was one meditation. I can't remember when it was, but it felt like my entire body was like, I could feel the energy of me. And I remember getting out of that meditation in tears. I just knew it was going to happen. And it Mm. was a few months off from the final, but I'm like, it's going to be me. I'm going to win it. Like it's My like, goodness, wow. Well, well it works. Yes. And I kept, I kept that little check I wrote to myself <laughs> in the countdown. And
2: it was just the Roxy's writing a $10 million. I know, gold 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 gold. Gold. So
3: right now.
1: As <laughs> she's sitting <seen laughs> here, she's, she's like, "Okay, Let's dollars. just make it $100 million. $100 million. <laughs> no, <laughs> million. Guys, I mean, a while or like, a billion. Come on. Well, okay. I mean,
3: like, look, it's, I did that last week. I wrote, I'm going to manifest X dollars in jobs. I did that on Sunday last week. On Friday, I, I, I got halfway there uh, mm. on Tuesday and then I didn't hear anything from my agency. And then on the Friday, I booked a job that took it $400 over the limit I set for myself. I know. Every month, like, I make $5 just,
2: more than I said yeah. I'm going to make. Right? So it's always, like by like 5 yeah. to 10 bucks more. I love it's, it. It's wild. You know, it. when I was on Home and Away, I was an extra Yeah, on Home and Away when I was 14. And I said when I was there, I was like, I'm not going to be an extra anymore. I'm going to be on the show. And within six months, I got one of the leads I on the love show. That. I
1: love <laughs> That's so cool. You're like, I'm so, so Roxy's like, my why God. is this <laughs> my
0: guy?
1: I'm like, I'm gonna be sitting in the same place for the next. <laughs> <place> <laughs> manifesting. I'm like, I'm like writing, Roxy, where are you? Like, I can't talk right now. I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting. I'm writing checks to myself. I'm like I'm <laughs> manifesting. <laughs>
2: Well, thank uh, you so much yes, for being on the show. We are so you. grateful and honored to have you here. Your future is extremely bright. You don't need to hear that from us. I think you know that. Yeah. Um, you know, we just love having powerful, empowering women on the show. And we wish you all the best of luck.
1: Thank you, And thank you for representing the Desi community, too, the way you have. That's, like, very empowering. And it's very much needed, you know, now and today, mm. you know, so... Thank Thank you I think that. it's time. I think it's time ah. for us to see diversity
2: in every way. And yes. um, why don't we have someone who is in a wheelchair? You know, mm-hmm. there should, you know, 100%. it doesn't, we, it, beauty is in so many different forms and mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're not just keeping it in one, one lane. then yes. you know? so yes. we all don't feel like we can see ourselves there. Absolutely. Yes. And
3: that's what I hope. I hope that, you know, just with the Miss Universe campaign and with everything else, it just showed people that, Um, It wasn't just representing just the Daisy community, but it was people from culturally, you know, diverse backgrounds. backgrounds, And it's people who Mm -hmm. didn't look the part necessarily. Mm -hmm. And it's just telling people who felt like they've been on the fringes, no, you belong front and centre too. So, thank you for creating a space for me to share that. Yeah. And for the great Absolutely. manifestation talk, I'm going to
2: go yeah. right my chat. Um, I'm going to manifest it. right now. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, you guys. Thank and, um, you. guys, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. We yes. need you all. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. And you can follow us on Women on Top Official on Instagram.
1: And women on top podcast on Facebook and women on top on clubhouse to our group. But Maria, where can we find you before we leave? Oh, yes. Tell everybody where we can yes. find you.
3: Absolutely. Well, you can follow me on Maria Thetoe on Instagram. I also have a website and a couple of exciting projects in the next six to 12 months Me. so Ooh. more to come watch this thing manifestation <laughs> everywhere manifestation. <laughs> it's happening
2: <laughs> thank, well, thank you, you guys so much i am tam and
1: and i am roxy manning and we are
2: <gasps> women, women
1: on, on top. top. Ah. <laughs>